Ship's Log, Entry 10-31 Our long corporate nightmare is over. The Beholder Yaosh has been taken into custody. Now, we can get back into the main objective of our mission, spreading ice cream throughout the galaxy. And also, technically, bringing an end to the Mind Flayer Civil War, or whatever. Technically. Evangelizing the brilliance of Lickham's brand dessert treats will be a lot more difficult now that Security Officer Bill Webb has abandoned the initiative. The testing phase for replacing all Velvet Fox's personnel with Dairy Golems is behind schedule, so the Captain will need to appoint a replacement. We will need all the defense we can muster. Engineer Trizzy compromised my weapon systems in order to complete her wormhole engine project, and we still have many enemies in the Far Realm. The Elder Brain, Dracus, has already promised to bring Wendy McDonald and Cortazar back to their embrace. The creators of the Formith technology are still out there somewhere, hiding in the darkness. And although Yaosh has been captured, his armies lie in wait, poised to destroy us if the Beholder succumbs to his tadpole infection and dies. I will allocate additional resources to the Biological Weapons Division. Perhaps... Something can be done with all these clone bodies. So hey, a bunch of shit happened between le between episodes. Wait, it happened between episodes? I mean, I mean, a bunch of us are different. A bunch of us are very different levels to what we were a minute ago. You had to buy the light novels to actually understand what happened in between the sessions. Oh gosh, what was the light novel name we're gonna go with for that in, in between there? <laughs> I can't believe my clown girlfriend is this honky. <laughs> no, hold on. Honky mm, is something else. You can't, yeah, you can't. You can't do that one. <laughs> no, yeah. We banned from Twitch. <laughs> is there going to be like a beach filler arc maybe as well? But we're not going to tell tell the audience which is actually important to the plot and which isn't. We've done a beach arc like several seasons now. Everyone keeps saying, what are we going to do? Beach arc. We've done many beach arcs. Everyone's just horny. <laughs> Look, Austin, the water slide planet has been established. You can take us all back there right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the audience is at some point going to figure out what's going on because of the voices that are in this uh, call. So we have uh, joined the teams, essentially, with Bill Webb uh, going into retirement. Uh, so right now uh, we have Trizzy the Goblin, Cecilia the Vampire, Max the Ardling, and Buford the cyborg, uh, and you're all standing outside uh, Dot's room. Dot has moved on, uh, but inside is Yaush the Beholder, who you've taken on the ship. And, I mean, at this point, everyone's getting everything explained to them because not everyone was, you know, there when Yaush was taken captive. But uh, all, all the people who are in charge of keeping the ship safe are, like, meeting outside this room right now. And this is, you know, all your characters, uh, some of whom are haven't talked on screen to each other before, although I assume you've seen each other around. So what is this conversation like? So why did you bring a terrorist aboard the ship? The choices were either to bring bring them here or let them walk free. And 
my thought was bringing them here would at least allow us to be able to keep eyes on them, you know? So we are doomed then. Okay. I feel like I've got the slightly better idea of what's going on now. But this room is cursed. It has been nothing but terrorists in this room, to be very clear. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not thrilled about the setup either. But, you know, um, we're not in the room currently, correct? Correct, you're all standing outside right now. Can can we hear if Yaush is listening to any of uh, uh, Dot's anime? <laughs> uh, I think you're gonna be someone left it on, uh, you know, like uh, you know, parenting your child with Disney movies. <laughs> you're just like, this eyeball is a pain in the ass. Make it watch Frozen a thousand times. Cur- currently, we're in an incredibly precarious stalemate. They're not gonna fire on the ship while Yaush is here, but Yaush is also teetering on this quasi almost suicidal bent where he will just kill himself to kill all of us if he thinks that's the best way out. And what does Yaush want exactly? Tough to tell right now. Um uh he uh, he he seemed uh to to want uh to to have a large enough army to sort of take control of well, I guess everything out here and um, we we had a moment to strike and clearly caught him off guard, but I'm he really seems like he still wants that plan to go ahead. At this point, uh, Bridget Gubbins, your sister, walks up and says, "You stupid asshole! What did you do?" <laughs> a very different tact from from uh, the 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 lower Bridget. Oh, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> Uh, well, we have, uh, obtained a giant killer beholder terrorist. Yeah, I heard that. Apparently you could have ended the war and saved millions of lives, but you didn't want to lose one ship. This wouldn't have ended the war. Do you see how many of that flotilla are out there? Uh, I, th- I got the implication that it was, it completely out, outnumbered Grice's fleet, right? That, that's what we're dealing with. Don't pretend like this was like a military tactical choice. You did this because you're a paternalistic little gremlin. Yeah, I didn't want you to die, Bridget, but do the math. They wipe out your ship, turn around, kill the rest of us. So instead of letting me die in the war I signed up to fight in, now I have to live with the fact that everyone Yaush kills from now on is my fault. Max will just let a little sigh and say, if you want to blame anyone for this, Bridget, you know, blame me. I was the one that called for bringing Yaush over here. And look, Bridget, if I, I can't speak for anyone else's motives here, but I could not let the Rezubian go. And, you know... I will take ownership of I am at least one person who was not in a position to make that sacrifice. So now what? Are we a beholder hospital from now on? We got to keep this person with a a grub in their brain alive forever? Because if they die, we all get blown up? We're in a stalemate and we're pushing pawns. One of us is going to have to get a queen and checkmate at some point. Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> You're such a nerd. 
Are you going to prestige this battle pass, Buford? Uh, Trizzy is going to motion everyone to move a little away from <laughs> from uh, the the room that Yash is in. J- you know, not just just to be safe. Um, yeah, you hear the speed racer theme at max volume, <laughs> uh, and is going to say, "Look." I need you to not ask too many questions, but I might have a way out of this, but I'm gonna need you all to back me up to make this work. What, what does that mean? Okay, okay. What, what that means is, you know how the ship is stranded out here and can't get home? Yeah. It, it can get home. I've been making modifications to the ship for a while, and I'm pretty sure I can get us not only home, I could get us a- anywhere. I could get us out of here, I could get us home, I could get us to a tactically advantageous position to fight here. I could get us to a lot of places. How quickly could you do that? Because I'm thinking if you can just bail us out of here like you say we can, uh, bail out towards the suck scientist's black hole and dump Yaosh out an airlock. I think there's something I should clarify about this because your plan, uh, I feel like, doesn't take into account some things. So if you if you teleport over to the, the black hole uh, place, you dump Yaosh out an airlock. Uh, you know, a whole armada just teleports right next to you and blows you up. Like, this is a teleportation-based space setting. Like, you can't just get away. There, You know, that doesn't that doesn't do anything. And so, like, being surrounded is nothing. Like, the, I'll say the beholder ships outside leave. Like, the, they don't need to be surround, surround you. They okay. can come back at any time. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. We'll put, put it, we'll put it this way then. Shows you'll go, I, this might not be you know this plan leaves a lot of people fucked over but we could fuck off out of this system we could be gone from here uh say to say is gonna say i i think there should be an option if people stayed or went that there are some that maybe do not want to be involved in a large extremist battle or anything like that but uh ultimately I support anything you do, Trizzy. However, I would like to speak to Yaosh before we decide anything. <sighs> yeah, that's a good plan. Maybe we can figure out what Yaosh's overall goals are. Uh, is there anything else we need to discuss here, Trizzy? Or should we maybe poke our heads in Dot's room and see if we can get anything out of Yaosh. Sure, 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 let's go for it. Now, Austin, does the door open with the thunderclap? No, I think uh, is, Yaosh is jerking it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that beholders can jerk it. They don't have anything to jerk. Damn. <laughs> what? That's why, that's why they're so angry. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's his evil plan. He's like, soon we will have something to jerk. We will be unstoppable. Will be able to <laughs> <laughs> no one will be able to oppose me. Uh, we'll be able to jerk it to the extreme. 
<laughs> no, Yash has gone through the the program's uh, door settings that Dot has in there. So when you open the door, it goes Sagoy as you as the door opens. Oh my god! This, oh, this is, this says a lot about wanna, Yash's psyche. I want to walk through with like fingers on the temple, being like, "Why were these things programmed in?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'm getting secondhand embarrassment from having known Dot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yash has big, um, like gamer cat ear headphones on. And is watching Lupin the Third. <laughs> Whoa, wait! This is just straight up Lupin the Third, not like a wacky version, Lupin the Fourth or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Lu- Lupin the the sixty ninth. That's the only number I know. Okay. That's funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hot version. <laughs> There has to be. Uh, there has to be a fan fiction called Lupin the 69th. There has to be. Okay. To be. Uh, I would like to start this by rolling an insight. Uh, I know nothing about Yaush really in character. I know this is a thing that exists, uh, but I'd like to go into this with some kind of impression of what this person is like. Um, I will say that you have met Yaush's child, and you've gotten kind of close to them, so you know a little bit from context. You've rolled a 14, and they rolled 20 there. I rolled technically a 17 for a feature I have now, but, uh, yeah, uh, 17, 14, whatever you want. Give it to me. Yeah, I mean, you see Yaush- Drop, drop it on me, Lord Daddy. Oh my god. You see a big <laughs> eye creature who has a bunch of stalks which have eyes on it. This is a pretty classic beholder. Uh, the most notable feature is there's just like a giant head wound this creature had. It had a, a tadpole implanted in it. Uh, tried to burn it out with its own eye lasers and then the uh, away team had spent the whole last episode trying to rip the wound open. <laughs> uh, so it's like really fucked up. If anything, like it's kind of a pitiful sight with of someone who's in ex- pretty much agony if not like actively dying as a tadpole tries to get into their brain i think like he's sitting there watching uh you know anime or whatever uh like laughing obnoxiously or something but he's like just pretty much always crying a little bit just because that's that's his life he's basically in a a hospice care in on the ship at this point uh i would like to take a seat uh, I don't know. I assume there's like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's like furry beanbag chairs. I don't know what dots, <laughs> like accoutrements were like. Uh, I assume everything was just a varied degree of sticky, though. Uh, and uh, I'd like to say uh, hello. I do not believe we have met, although I vaguely know of you. My name is St. Cecilia, and I am the communications officer for the Rosobian. Uh, Yaush uh, pauses the anime. <laughs> Uh, knocks the headphones off with an eye stock and, and looks at you uh, with some pain. I will say with your insight role, something I'm giving you that I wouldn't have you know, emphasized so much is that like every movement hurts this person uh, and they are pretty much in constant agony. Uh, but they they don't really like make a big show of it. And so they look at you and they say, uh, Ah, the vampire. I've seen you. Through the four myth. <laughs> There's my spy. As Max walks into the room. Well, I'm not really hiding myself. So if you would like to have met earlier, you could always just send an invitation. We have a pretty nice bar restaurant here. There's a big ice cream machine in it. Do you like ice cream? Oh, yes. I've dreamt about the ice cream at some length. I can't wait to try all the flavors. An invitation, you say? Hmm. Yes, bring me to the ice cream vampire. 
I think that might have to wait for just a moment, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, not not so fast, not so fast. Uh, t- tell us what your scheme is and you can have ice cream. <laughs> My scheme. My scheme. That makes... Yes, yes, in exchange for ice cream. Ice cream. Ice schemes. That makes it sound so grand. Scheme. I'm just doing what all of you are doing. I'm... T- Trying to play the hero. Not really exactly what we're doing. We're more interested in trying to help negotiate peace and create a culture that can integrate safely into a larger cosmic scale. That is exactly what I'm doing. But with my people and not the hateful mind flayers who must kill to survive. Why... They, why do they get to join the galactic community and not us? Well, that's an interesting thing. Uh, One, our entire mission is to see to it that they do not have to kill. Uh, But two, there's no reason that you could not also join. It is simply a matter of keeping peace. The Beholders will never join any community with the Mind Flayers. And vice versa. Can I roll a history here uh, to get a sense of why there's uh, so much beef between these people? Absolutely. Uh, 23. Holy shit. Yeah, 23 is incredible. I mean, we've spoken about this a little bit in the in the past, but they basically have opposite ideologies. There's the ultimate collectivist uh, society and the ultimate individualist society. Yeah, you've you've basically got the people who never want to be around anyone, even like a clone of themselves they've dreamed up is too much people for them, versus we want to be in a like a brain soup where we all know what each other are thinking because we're one. Yeah, it's the exact opposite ideology, and even past like the you know purely uh, idea based difference. There's the biological thing, like mind flayers need to be in a hive mind with people and sharing their mind with even one other person is like disgusting anathema to them. It's just like, um, you know, asking salt and snails to be in the same, (laughs) to be roommates. Like it's just, it's nonsense to them to ask this. The the most tragic love story of all time. So you are... Looking to get all of Beholders integrated into a a sort of galactic peace, or? We will be. Someday. Are you speaking optimistically or as a threat? (laughs) I love this show, don't you? Uh, and Yaoish turns back the TV on and you see uh, the little uh, guy going on his little capers. I enjoyed the original manga when it came out 400 years ago. It's so great. All of these rich people think they know everything and they have everything. And then this this little guy just comes and takes it all from them. <laughs> it's so fun. So, um, uh, question. Yaush knows his kid is on board, right? Mathers has been like floating around uh, hamster tubes around the ship. I feel like everyone at this point knows. At least went. Wait, why do we have the hamster tubes now? Oh, it's for it's for Mathers. Yeah, because then Buford's going to point out. You're saying that there's no way the two could ever integrate. It's happening with your own kid right now. 
in captivity, a predator and prey can coexist in the short term. You know that's different than a worldwide culture shift. Don't be naive. Illithids are experiencing a culture shift right now. Why? What makes Beholder so different? You, are you implying they're not capable of changing? Uh, yeah, yeah. It just uses like the smart TV to pull up like cat and mouse friends on YouTube and, and just starts watching. You know, like yeah, you could you can make a little argument that it can happen occasionally, but it's not. I, I don't know. He just doesn't find that uh, convincing or compelling. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, yeah, Buford doesn't really believe his argument either, considering the only other beholder we've met was forced into it by Yaush on pains of death. Mr. Yaush, you seem to be in quite a lot of pain. Would you like anything to help alleviate that? It would be in your best interest. If I die here, you all go down in flaming wreckage, so... You might want to get everyone sized up for scrubs, a little, nice little nurse uniform, maybe. One of you could be the receptionist. This could be fun. Well, I'll go make sure that your pain meds are being properly refilled, uh, Yaush. And if you need anything, I'm apparently right down the door. Uh, so that's an interesting new development in my life. So I will be seeing you uh, very frequently, I'm sure. Have fun watching your anime and definitely not scheming. <laughs> can I can I have the ice cream brought to my room? Is there uh, is there a call button? No, you didn't tell us a scheme. You denied a scheme existed, so no ice scheme. What? I told you. I am going to become the great unifier of my people. I'm going to end this war. The Mind Flayers will be consigned to the dustbin of history. I will be remembered as the greatest hero of all time. And you will be... Yeah, but, like, specifics that we can, like, plan against. Stuff we can actionably stop. You can't. That must be a great relief. But you've already lost, so maybe just enjoy the time you have left. Or help me. Funny, you you enjoy your ice- you enjoy your anime and no ice scheme. She's trying to make fetch happen, people. <laughs> I'm trying to make the I'm trying to make the pun happen. <laughs> Look, every time you think of ice cream, you're gonna think of ice scheme, and then you're gonna think about how you didn't get any. You know, like yeah, we, we got to get a few more elements in there so we get an ice scheme sandwich going on here. But you know, I'm going to kill you first. <laughs> Yosh says to Max. Yosh says to Skitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, once we're all outside, uh, I'd like a, a quick moment, I guess, to to reconvene, uh, having spoken to him, and say, I think there are a couple things we should look into. I think we do need to make sure we contact Admiral Grice. I don't know if if Flotilla, uh, you know, military power is enough to like get us out of the situation, but we should try to rally whatever support we do have. Uh, but I'm also uh, it might also have a question for him. Uh, but right now, I guess we just need to figure out how to maneuver without having all of the Beholder gunships on us in a moment's notice. Is there anything that this ship can do that other ships normally can't? Generate unconscionable amounts of ice cream? 
Yeah, can we go someplace that <laughs> uh, requires ice cream to survive and the other ships couldn't join us there or anything like that? What, what if we go inside of a sun but reroute all the coolants to keep the ship from exploding? If you can find the existence of a place that fits those criteria, I can get us there regardless of where it is, but uh, I don't know any of those off the top of my head. Perhaps the captain will, but uh, I think now might be a good time for all of us to kind of put affairs in order just to be safe, since uh, it does seem as though we are at gunpoint. If no one's done this before, I'd do this also many times i can help you like will writing actually not that hard you just have to write stuff down and be like here's who gets it which in my case is very easy because everyone else i know is dead in soul so you know um no one gets anything what uh so i don't think i don't know how up to this point i think we were only told that we've lost communication with soul we don't know what's happened I mean, an insane wizard told you your timeline is doomed. I don't know how much of that you believe or what. <laughs> like, that's on you. Yeah, a, a wizard sure did imply that, like, yeah, uh, the, the the universe is fucked over there. Yeah, if this is the first Buford's, like, getting confirmation that Soul is obliterated and his entire family is back there... He he's going to like look at Cecilia and go, "What do you what do you mean?" I mean, nothing's been confirmed, but it is not looking good for what is going on in Seoul or what happened there. Perhaps. <sighs> all right. Well, anyway, all my stuff is back in Seoul, so it's not like I have a lot of a will to write. You should though let people know if you want to be cremated or if you want to be buried. That is important distinction. We could also launch you into space. Although, if this all goes wrong, we probably all will just be launched into space, so that might solve a couple problems. Yeah, and you can't really cremate steel. That's not gonna. It's not gonna work too well. You can if you try, if you believe. Not with that attitude, Buford. <laughs> All right, well, I'll catch all of you good friends later. I'm already in mourning. Goodbye. <clears throat> See you later, CC. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head off. I've got, uh, I, I got all my stuff to do. Yeah, I got to, at the very least, catch up with mom. This is the first time we've had a moment's break ever since, well, everything that went down, so... See y'all later. And then uh, Max hops on the Ard Runner, which has just been in the hallway, just rides around in the Resubian on their hover bike, you know. So it's just Buford standing alone. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to talk to myself, so. And he just walks away. <laughs> like, like well, I'm not doing this bit. You can't make me talk to myself. Who who am I, who's gonna respond to me? Me? Nah, not happening. Buford, you're the last person to leave the group scene. Everyone kind of leaves, and I think at this point, Wendy, uh, Wendy McDonald, Fairy Elithid flies up, and she says, "Hey, Gub Gub, did I miss it? Did you kill him? I really wanted to kill him. You better not have killed him without me." She has the ice pick out. Well, if we killed him, we'd all be dead. So currently, he's still alive. 
I mean, probably not me. I'm really resilient. I have this thing uh, where I go into a blind wild magic rage and I'm pretty impossible to kill. So RIP to everyone else, but I'm built different. Right. You you are quite resistant to physical trauma. I think the asphyxiation of being spaced when the ship gets blown up would have probably done you in. Do you have lungs anymore? I feel like you might actually survive too. I can breathe underwater. We would be fine. We could just grab, let's just grab Cortazar and Bridget and kill this guy. <laughs> we'll just get out of here. Let's blow this pop stand. So is the plan then to just sort of CPR them until we drift towards a, a space station? I'm just kidding. I don't want to blow up uh, uh, Cecilia or Trizzy. <laughs> leaves out Max conspicuously. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, you, you, you can't be the only wild magic person left. You gotta have wild magic buddies. Um, but she says no. I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm here for the the thing we talked about. You know, the the doohickey. She's doing like hand signs, trying to like, but it's it's completely gibberish. She's just like the the dingle hopper. You know, the doodad, and she's just like, completely inexplicable gesticulating. The worst. Uh, charades player of all time. You you have said something horrific in uh, soul <laughs> sign language right now, but I understand what you're meaning. <laughs> in SS in SSL, yeah, I'm doing some extremely like that's just that's really obscene. Uh, but she says, "Come on, you know the the weapon." Yeah, uh, Wendy uh, uh, Buford will wave Wendy to uh, follow him to his uh, workshop, uh, and he's going to take something off of his bench. Uh, and it's this like the you know the syringe gun from TF2. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like that, but miniaturized. And I think the like the camera zooms in, and each of these like tiny syringes is filled with little mechanical Tully monsters, like the prehistoric creature. Yeah. Like they're they're little uh little uh not not uh like actual physical animals. It's like a little like microbot. Oh okay. Uh, and he's gonna sort of uh, underhand softball toss it to Wendy to catch. Oh my god! Do I need to make a dexterity save? I think Wendy could probably snipe it out of the air. She's flying around. She also has advantage on dexterity saves. So fourteen, I think it's good. Yeah, it's, it's probably good <laughs> enough. There you have it, uh, the B1 psionic weapon, also known as the Barry Brain Buster. Okay, so if I hit Dracus with this, uh, his mind will be stupid, <laughs> like Barry, and he won't be able to crush us from 10 miles away with, his, with by thinking about it? You're going to have to fire it right into his big old frontal lobe. Okay, I know which one that is. It's uh, the really salty one. It's the frontal one, yes. I really think of brains more by taste than position, but you do you. Yeah, it'll, uh, it's gonna, so, bit of, bit of background on this. Uh, I didn't want to make you a grenade because you might accidentally blow yourself up with berry brain power, and that's not gonna, that's not gonna be good for you. By the way, file you sent me, negative file size. Don't know how that <laughs> happened. It um, made my computer faster. <laughs> <laughs> One weird trick. Surfers hate this. Nearly entirely composed of cheese trivia. Don't really, honestly, not sure what's going on there. Um, anyway, uh, I got to thinking he loved the uh, the work I did with the head so much. Why not play a variation on the theme? Fire that into its frontal lobe 
and uh, it's going to start pumping Barry's brain and personality right into him. And the frontal lobe controls his personality. You're going to be causing a fate worse than death. You're going to be turning him into Barry. Oh my god, you are a monster. You really should be in prison. <laughs> Probably, but I mean, you're going to be killing him afterwards, so, you know. That's a mercy. That's a kindness. I have to. If I, if I don't want to be a monster, I have to kill him at that point. When I got to ask you something. Are you really up to this? What? Shooting people? Stabbing people? That's my whole thing. What do you mean? Wendy, I had Rommel by the throat and you ran. That's different. He's just going to kind of look at her and not say anything for me. Like he's, he's giving her a look like, are you sure? <laughs> she, she gives you a look as if, did I get out of that? <laughs> did that work? <laughs> <laughs> he gives her a look that says you did not. <laughs> oh, she gives you a look that says, damn. <laughs> We're communicating entirely in looks. Yeah. Uh, Wendy, I know how important family is. That Cortazar is all you have left right now, and you're going to be doing one of the hardest things I can possibly imagine. Talking to someone with Barry's personality. Yep. Also true. Yeah, it is making it honestly. It might make it easier, frankly. <laughs> uh, uh, Wendy says, "If I don't kill Dracus." Uh, He's going to eventually uh, either kill me or make me come back and kill you. So it's really the best thing for everyone. Um, I mean, I, I still think I could maybe get Rom Rom to defect as well. That's, it's Dracus can't defect from himself, you know? There's no other side to someone whose whole thing is trying to conquer the, the galaxy and bring everyone into the brain space. So it's different. I, I, when I said it's different, I didn't have anything, but now I do. I thought about it. <laughs> well, then that's the second part of this. You're going to see Rommel again. Are you going to be able to handle that? Will the Barry Buster work on him too? Th theoretically, he's got a lot less frontal lobe, but still. When Wendy looks around your workshop, which used to be full of junk, and a lot of it has been confiscated now, um, and she says, uh, I mean, y you are uh, trying to help, and I appreciate that, but I feel like you, this is a do-as-you-do-not-as-you-say situation, because you are constantly doing completely unhinged things, and that's, that's the energy I need right now, not like the big brother advice. Wendy, I'm trying to... I respect you a lot. Probably not for the reasons you realize. It's my fashion sense, I know. It's true. You're stronger than me. You chose to leave your past life and I chose to be what I am, and I have never looked back. What you did is harder than anything I've done. 
would you still respect me if I had killed Yash and he had blown up the Azubian and killed Bridget? I feel like it's easy to respect someone until they do their thing in a way that doesn't benefit you. Wendy, I wanted to kill Yash. I almost did because I couldn't believe that I got played this badly. But you won't kill him, right? Because you care more about the people on the ship. I won't now, but I'm going to forever live with the fact that I was a hair's breadth away from getting everyone I know and care about killed. Because I wanted to just focus on being a monster and eliminating a target. Yeah, you can be pretty scary. I remember when the Greys got uh, Bridget to come on their mission, and then you like stormed out of here and you picked up some kind of thingy. I assumed it was a nuke. Where did that thing go? Uh, Buford's going to tap his, um, like, a, a thigh compartment. Still have it with me, and it's not a weapon. What is it? So, when we were on the um, Suck Scientist ship, we punched your ice pick through the back of a werewolf's head out the other side, and it got back up two minutes later. That was dope. We rock. And that is better than any kind of healing material we had. And the moment I heard that my sister got kidnapped, well, actually, hold on. That's better than any kind of healing material we have. And I stole a vial of lycanthropy off of that ship and put it in a hypodermic needle. Oh, what was the name you gave it? Because if it's just a, it's just wolf juice, but you gave it some kind of cool name. I have a complex. I need to give things names. It was full moon protocol. Oh, in hindsight, it makes so much sense. I would have called it wolf juice. I was afraid that with whatever was going down, Bridget might have been grievously injured or got injured in the process, and I wouldn't have been able to save her. And I never leave something behind if I think it's going to be useful. Okay, well, for the record, I do not want to be wolfed. If you find me grievously injured, please let me go. I do not want to have uncontrollable shape-shifting powers in addition to my terrible wild magic powers. You sure? They basically have a vaccine for it now. I'm 100% sure. I do not want to be a werewolf. This is my. This is so important to me. I have nothing. Have I've... you written it in your will? Do you have a do not werewolfify bracelet on for the EMTs? Yeah, at this point, Cecilia sent out a shipwide blast of like uh, fill in will, last will and testament forms. And it's like, hey, just, uh, like, that's great for morale. <laughs> just like, hey, everybody, just if you need this. And <laughs> Wendy's like, all right, I gotta go fill this out. Like, <laughs> Happy to buy. Do, do you think Lisa like turned around from her uh, her PR officer terminal? Was like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> or not PR, a uh, morale officer terminal? <laughs> yeah, well, you just like, ruined my day. But instead of a do not resuscitate, do not lycanthropy, do not werewolf. Um, yeah. Uh, Wendy's going to take the paperwork and the, the Barry Brain Buster. What was the Barry Brain what? 
uh, the Barry Brain Buster. <laughs> and she's going to leave you to your, your stuff. Uh, so we're pretty deep into this downtime, but it is time to talk about level ups. Uh, what did you get uh, for level 13? Yes. Uh, so I am level 13. That means I get one more spell, uh, which is uh, the Resilient Sphere. Uh, and I'm going to talk about it because it's the only thing I get for the, uh, this level spell-wise, and it's fun. I can basically point at a person, and if they fail a deck save, uh, they are essentially trapped in a sphere that they can't attack out of or do anything out of, and you can't hurt them inside of it. But you can roll it. <laughs> so actually, I think this fits very well with the whole Yaush situation because we could put Yaush inside of it to transport him around because his eye rays won't go through it. You say that a, a disintegrate spell targeting the globe destroys it. A disintegration is one of the rays beholders have. So, oh right, but he's got to like roll roll one out of ten. And what's the likelihood of that on three rays? <laughs> That's basically like one out of a hundred. It's mathematically impossible. Yeah, it'll never it'll never occur. Everyone say that a couple times for maximum irony. Uh -huh. um, and, never happened. Yeah, as well. I uh, took the shield master feat. Uh, which allows me to add your AC to dexterity save and take zero damage when you would take half. Uh, yep, and I can use a bonus action to just kind of shove people. So that's that's nice. It, 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 there's no TC for it. I just shove them. Yeah, uh, this is actually, that's a bananas feat because you have an unstoppable AC. Your only like weak point is your dex save. So being able to add your armor to your dex save is... Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, finally, since uh, the cloak of Elvenkind has been exploded into a different reality, uh, it has been replaced with a brooch of shielding, which gives me resistance to force damage and immunity to magic missile. Uh, he has become immune to his sister's own weapon, the Burning Hole. All right. So uh, is there any flavor of this? Did you just build some kind of... Um shield attachment for your arm for the shield master is there anything else or are you just uh yeah so i think i think like he he started uh i had the repulsion shield as a a um uh uh infusion before we swapped it out for resistant armor for uh the yaush fight and that's still in place so i have slightly lower ac than i did before um but i think he's like taken that like repulsion technology and reworked it into this like force field shield projector so you can either point it at um like a person and try to trap them for a period of time or it like throws up an active force field for things like deck saves and and the like yeah your character is extremely good and strong thank you if only he was cute <laughs> <laughs> well, some people are into the the cyborg stuff that's good it's a mini. It's a niche. <laughs> Maybe he needs to like research some of uh, Dot's anime more so he can become Kawaii. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you want to establish before we move on to the next downtime scene? Uh, Buford has an ant farm. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know why I asked. That's on me. <laughs> All I can think about is the, the fact that because it's in space, does that make it an alien ant farm? I'm glad you said it, not me, but yes, that's oh, a man. canonical. Trizzy, are you okay? Are you okay, Trizzy? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm just thinking of how you could uh, how you could make the acronym DNR 
like do not resuscitate to be about werewolfism and the closest i could get was like do not do not reconstruct do not reshape mm, do not regenerate that's about as close as i could yeah they were they, they, those were the closest i could find uh trizzy's trizzy's doing pretty good wmn wolf me not all right <laughs> trizzy <laughs> Yeah, Tri- Trizzy's, uh, Trizzy got a whole bunch of data from another universe, huh? Yeah, you downloaded uh, the other timeline, Trizzy's data, and her accident with the Rezubian was more severe, and so her mind was more closely linked. So far, all you've said about your accident was that when the ship goes into like a lockdown or a you know alert, that you become like panicked and uh, you know uh, excitable. But hers seems to have been more extreme and so she's been doing all these calculations and stuff uh you downloaded all that data that would have taken you like years to to work on yeah and to give a sense of how much how much that data exists um you know the the, the flavor is that like that you know this that other trizzy spent all the downtimes working working on that rather than you know working on getting home or whatever um trizzy has jumped from level six to level 13 so that's like over double her level uh, instantly, which the flavor of that is learning from all of the shit that other Trizzy was getting on with. Yeah, the other Trizzy did um, get the teleportation stuff and the graphene stuff. The thing she didn't get was the black hole because the Tully's monsters killed all the suck scientists. Yeah. But um, you also um, get all the graphene that you want from Yaush's base, which was made out of graphene. So, yeah. instead of having the small scuffed Trizzy armor, you can have like the Hulkbuster Trizzy armor yeah. now. Yeah, and it now won't be suspicious that I have access to a lot of graphene. Uh huh. That won't be suspicious at all anymore. Um, so let's just rattle through some of the things that Trizzy got for this level up. Uh, forty-two additional HP, um, plus two proficiency. Uh, she knows two new infusions: uh, repulsion shield and armor of magical strength. Um, she can have one additional infusion active at a time, plus two additional infusions if those infusions are to do with her armor, because she can now do infusions onto her armor rather than, like, objects that she additionally has on her person. Uh, she could spare the dying, she's got a bunch of new spell slots, uh, she's got a bunch of new spells including one called Intellect Fortress, which is a fucking great name. Um, she can do Flash of Genius now. What is? I have to. I have to remember what all my stuff does. What? What is? What is that one? Flash of Genius. What are you? It's the one um, where you get to throw uh, your profession or intelligence modifier oh, yeah. on your bonuses. Yeah, which is nice. Um, cu- a couple of other things. Um, uh, I now have Magic Item Adept, uh, which which is cool. Um, whereas. Where is that on the list? I have too many things on the list. Um, spell storing item. I know that's one I can do. Uh, I can now store a spell in an object and then hand the object to someone else and someone can use the object to do the spell. So I can just put a spell in a thing and be like, here you go, here's a charge of a spell. Use it wisely. Um, so yeah, Triz- Trizzy's been like, re- is real reworking that armor into something fucking fancy. D- this all sounds so, so familiar, but I can't put my finger on why. Right, right. We have two level 13 artificers, one a human who has completely replaced all your organic parts with cyberware, and one is just a little goblin in a 
basically in a small Gundam at this point. Like, Trizzy yeah. herself is still pretty much the same goblin. <laughs> it's just your armor that's getting yeah. really Trizzy has buff. not leveled up. Like, the, the what would maybe be a fairer thing to say is Trizzy's armor has hit level 13. Yeah, and it just has a nougat center of a little, <laughs> a little gremlin in there. <laughs> yeah, if... If, if you happen to be a small little gremlin creature and can get me out of there and can climb in, you are now a level 13 character. Can we, can we put a tadpole in there? Just let them pilot it? Mm-hmm. No, it's mine. No. <laughs> um, but It's for me. Uh-huh. So the thing uh, that you get in addition to all your level up stuff is uh, Bill Webb's knife, which has been passed down to you. Yes, yes. Um, which... We're uh, uh, looking at what feat uh, to take for this level up. Uh, the one that I was looking at was uh, a Savage Attacker, <laughs> which gives me a chance to re-roll my damage uh, numbers on a melee attack to try and get better damage numbers. Uh, so Trizzy can now occasionally go real viciously stabbing in the name of that lovely duck. Stabbing in the name of is a pretty slick uh, track name. There. You hold Bill Webb's knife aloft, and you just hear in the back of your mind, just like quack, and you're filled with bloodlust, and you can do savage attacks. <laughs> as much as Bill Webb may have insisted that duck as a language does not have individual words as such, um, Trizzy, who speaks duck, vehemently disagrees and is ready to shout for Bill Webb in duck uh, every time she goes stabbing. I forgot you speak duck as well. It's extremely appropriate. Yeah, it's a very important language I learned. Uh, but yeah, the, the knife is a straight upgrade over your wrench uh, because uh, Bill used a downtime to make it uh, serrated and badass. So that is something yeah. else you have and you can reroll damage dice with the feet you took and your armor is sick as fuck. So what are you what are you doing uh while everyone's writing their last will and testament <laughs> um Trizzy is going down to sort of her section of the ship to uh go find where gronk is yeah gronk the uh ai construct goblin is uh inputting the data from the other Trizzy into the ai of this ship uh, and running like simulations about you know activating the wormhole drive, so like it's not ready like this moment, but getting it ready that if you want the Rezubian to try this experimental engine, you can try it. So you're like you know crawling through a through a duct, and you come out and you see the other goblin pushing buttons, and you hear the machinery clanking and whirring, yeah. and then uh yeah. and yeah, and just to check, this isn't a situation where like if if. Gronk were to stop working on this, we could still get it done. Gronk is not like, if Gronk stops, this never happens. Uh, Gronk is just running the simulation. Like, you could easily do this. It's just... Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so Trizzy's gonna, gonna come down to here and... Uh, Trizzy has a a um a scroll of uh awakening. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the D and D spell is called awaken. Yeah, um, and she's just gonna come down here and have have a little ponder for a minute because she's she's watching Gronk just sort of potter about and get on with things. And uh, after after a. After a little moment of thought, she's going to uh, use the, the ship's sort of mental intercom to contact Wallace. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the wizard and the plant, yeah. the plant alien in the tower, who says, uh, "Yeah, hello, Trizzy." Or I don't remember how my voice was. It was kind of spooky, but you know what it is. Yeah. Um, hey, um, I've deactivated all the traps that usually uh, stand between people and coming down to request uh, repairs on the ship. Uh, do you mind coming and um, meeting me down in in uh, da- down in down in the depths? I could could do with some help. I don't usually make house calls. Do, should I bring? Any particular orbs or crystals? Um, I don't know. Um, I have a scroll of Awaken that I'm hoping you can help me with. Uh, you hear rustling in the other line as Wallace looks uh, f- for the uh, material components for Awaken. Uh, an agate worth at least a thousand gold pieces which the spell consumes. Um, and so you hear like stuff being knocked over and uh, rifled through as uh, Wallace says, are you sure this is my last agate? I will offer you in trade the secret ability that like no one's supposed to know about where you get to control the thermostat in your room yourself. <laughs> oh my God, I'm on the way. You hear like an explosion <laughs> as he blows up a door <laughs> to try to go faster. <laughs> Yeah, on on the way down, Trizzy's explaining, like, yeah, sorry about that. There were regulations that, like, everyone's meant to be treated equally, but, like, I can just override it. Like, you can just you can just have it as cold or warm as you want. It's great. Oh, my God. Whoa, agates are sick. Look at a picture of an agate, everyone. They rule. The Wikipedia yeah. one has a tennis ball as scale, I guess. <laughs> I don't know why it does that. They're really I cool. I want to see this scale, this one for scale now. That's that's a real big agate. Isn't that cool though? It looks it looks like yeah. what if you looked at like um shit. Um <laughs> It looks like bubbling magma as a gemstone. Yeah, it looks like if you were looking into magna while on mushrooms though. <laughs> the way all, Oh yeah. All the, the you're seeing you're seeing sort of eyeballs starting to form where they shouldn't. Yeah. It's yeah, I don't know if there's a name for that effect, but like a bunch of different ripples kind of happening all around each other. It's crazy. I kind of want to eat it. <laughs> the forbidden rock. Um, yeah, Wallace uh, like falls out of a, a vent or something, <laughs> like lands in a pile <laughs> next to you. Yeah, uh, t- thank you for, for brushing down. Sorry for the, uh, for the uh, sudden nature of all this. Um how high does the thermostat go? Um, I stopped when it got to three digits. Celsius? Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hothouse plant. I need, I need to be warm. Yeah, look, it, it can go warm enough to literally boil fluid, so go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> is the implication here that the ship, the, when the ship was designed, they're like, no, we're going to treat everyone equally, even if it is against what their biology needs? <laughs> yeah, look, that's, that's, corporate, uh, that's corporate equality right there. You know, equality rather than equity. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be some serious power issues because Wallace is going to go back to his room and jack the thermostat off until the, na- the knob mm-hmm. breaks. He's going to what? <laughs> <laughs> Soon He's I won't Trizzy. be able to jack it and that will be unstoppable. Trizzy will tweak the numbers somewhere so it's not obvious about the power drain. Um, 
But yeah, Trizzy will sort of turn to Wallace and go, Yeah, I'm, um... I'm hoping you can... I don't know if this is going to work, but I was hoping you could use this on, um... Gronk here. Yeah, Gronk looks at you two. Um, it's just this goblin hologram, like being projected from a like some kind of little cube or something. We haven't really discussed what the projector looks like, but you carry it around with you sometimes. Uh, in the hard light, uh, you know, projection just like throws itself at your feet and says, "It's okay. Anything for you, Trizzy, my darling. I will undertake this this dangerous experiment, even if it shreds me into a million molecules and scatters me across the universe." Uh, Drizzy looks to, to Wallace and goes, Yeah, when I when I first joined the crew here, I really wasn't, uh, didn't get on well with many people here. And the idea of, um, someone to spend time with who I knew how to, how to interact with, like, clear rules, was appealing. But... I, I, I don't know if that's a thing I, I need anymore. I think I'm getting better at people stuff, and now that that's the case, I feel kind of kind of weird about the fact that, you know, there's just a hologram that is programmed to think I'm amazing. So I kind of want to just give them their own chance to be them, and whatever happens, happens, I guess. Tired of playing social interaction. On easy mode, Wallace asks as the hologram tries to kiss your feet. I mean, it's less that and more I felt like I was playing social interaction constantly on hard mode and just wanted like a... I needed a practice mode. Uh, Wallace looks it over and says, Are you sure this isn't reversible? You will be stuck with a sapient person. However Gronk turns out, I'm good with that. The target gains an intelligence of 10. The target also gains the ability to speak one language you know. Uh, The GM chooses appropriate statistics. The awakened beast or plant is charmed by 30 days or until you or your companions do anything to harm it. When the charm ends, the awakened creature chooses whether to remain friendly to you. This is an interesting wrinkle because it's going to have average intelligence. So it's not going to be like a baby. Gronk is going to like know what's going on and be a person, but um, isn't going to immediately be like, I'm super independent. Bye, bitch. You know, for 30 days or until you hurt him you'll have, like, a grace period of, like, to actually make an impression. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think Trizzy's okay with that, that this is... Tr- Trizzy's got to make a connection that isn't a foregone conclusion. All right. Uh, Wallace, uh, you know, traces the sigils on the ground and uh, says, this is going to take eight hours, so you might want to... Go grab a smoothie or something. Uh, it's it's cool. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna go grab some ice cream from the uh, the secret ice cream machine that I keep hidden away. Um, uh, do you want do you want any of the forbidden the forbidden <laughs> flavors? Uh, I could get For- you, I could get you octuple chocolate. Mm. The more illicit, the better. The most forbidden possible, please. 
Uh, okay, what do we? What do we? What have I got on the list? What ones have I got on the list? Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> There's one machine that just says hope. <laughs> it's like, whoa, what does that taste like? <laughs> it's see. Now I'm just thinking about the uh, that the barbecue joint Four Rivers and their Mountain Dew and Doritos cupcakes they make. <laughs> uh, I'll 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 pick you up a uh, uh, just like a single scoop of uh, of of. Uh, the feeling of the first time that you knew true happiness. Oh, that was limited edition. They only made that for they only made that for the founder's birthday. The Lickums founder, Mr. Lickums. Right. The joys of being in engineering. I know where all of the weird stuff's plugged in. You'd think that was a a brand name they decided based on how you eat ice cream, but it's his name, Jonathan Lickums. He really got pigeonholed into his, his job, didn't he? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, Trizzy, you are a level 13 artificer. You have Bill's knife. You're pretty badass. And soon, uh, Gronk will be a person who is not uh, uh, a homunculus, according to the game's rules. He'll just be an NPC. Yeah. So, we'll see how that goes. So, yeah, Triz- Trizzy's going to spend the rest of that eight, eight hours just uh, starting to make some of those... Um, infusions be things that are just inherent to her armor now so she's just gonna have some some of those abilities just built into her armor because she's cool now, now that the spell is being cast i can point out you could have turned barry into a person why why would you do that <laughs> you could have fixed him <laughs> Yeah, but what if we needed to like break the brain of a of a beholder again? <laughs> now that's cruel. <laughs> you have you'll have to deal with just being a normal person, beholder. <laughs> All right, Max, you were also level thirteen. How's that? Yeah. Uh, well, it's a little weird uh, because <laughs> uh, like this is the second iteration of Max with a different subclass altogether, a different class altogether. Um, and yes, I did rename every spell that Max had to something different. So it'll be impossible for me to remember what the names of these spells actually are. Let's go. Um, no, but Max is a 13th level ranger uh, with their subclass being Ardwing Pilot. Uh, doesn't do that much, honestly, at level uh, 13 because I think rangers at level 13 just get an extra spell. And yeah, they get extra spell and they can cast fourth level spells now or a fourth level spell per day. Max inherits the spell Arcane Eye, which has been reflavored as the spell Auto Scout, um, which is like a little bit there. And I did a little shuffling and one of the spells I picked up was Lightning Arrow, which has been renamed to Lightning Shot. Just so I'd have not as many spells that require concentration because holy crap. Ranger spells. So many of them require concentration. It's wild. <laughs> um, but beyond that, there actually is a wrinkle in how this interacts with Max's particular subclass. Um, and we can actually explore this during their downtime scene. So, um, But yeah, I would figure that Max at the moment is enjoying a cone of like some rose vanilla or vanilla rose ice cream. I don't know which one it is this time. One time it might have been rose vanilla. Now it might be vanilla rose ice cream. Um, while in sort of like I would assume to be the flight bay or just kind of where the various like ships are sort of serviced and worked on. And Max is just there with their um, Ard Runner kind of checking it over. 
Yeah. So if you're in the you're in the hangar with all the ships, yeah. there's the Tully, and there's also uh, Cortazar's ship, uh, the Thumper, which is a, a new one. Uh, since you you killed the holder who stole it, so mm-hmm. there, people are like, "What do we do with this? How do you even get this thing open? There's no seams on it. Like it's just so smooth." Uh, mm-hmm. And you're just watching all these engineers like Paul at the at the new ship. <sighs> and I, I believe that uh, Max probably asked for, uh, contacted their mom and asked for her for her to meet them in the hangar. Uh, basically, yeah. So. Dash Ina comes down to the hangar. Do we describe her physically uh, enough? Uh, she's also the same kind of fox you are, uh, but just a little older, <laughs> presumably a little bigger. Yep, old, older, a little bit bigger. Um, uh, one of her main like clothing features, I assume, is like she has sort of like a, a trench coat kind of going on, kind of in the same color scheme that Max's uh, flight jacket has. Um, she sort, I mean. One of the things about her is that she's definitely more she's not dressed like a pilot. She's dressed as somebody who does more missions on the ground and um, her hard light uh, bow is probably either stowed away at her side or on her back in some form. Uh, Dashina comes down to the hangar and says, hey, there, Schnookums. (laughs) (sighs) Hey, mom. How's my baby? I was a little dude to get a little snout. Oh, I'm gonna pinch your cheeks in front of all your friends. <laughs> I mean, those engineers aren't. Mom, wait. The... Uh, okay, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of going through my thoughts about all that happened with the house. You know, I'm. It feels like that we all kind of screwed up from the get go, and I don't know what we can do to kind of turn this around somehow how did you screw up you took out the general of the army they're not going to do anything as long as you keep them alive you know beholders live a long time you may have bought 50 100 years of peace just just hook them up to a bunch of tubes yeah well however long they feel like they want to stay alive with the whole ceramorphosis thing going on also man i don't i didn't realize that watching that much anime all at once made you like incredibly See now, seeming I don't know. They seem very off, but that might be and the less British. Did you notice that? Slightly, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Yeah, a lot of people around the ship have been getting less British in the last couple of days. I, you know, I, I was gonna say, you know what? That's what they get for watching the dubs all the time. They just lose. They just lose that edge, I guess. Why did no one question why Buford and his sister had completely different accents? <laughs> In the background, Ophelia is like, oh no, me accent slipping. (laughs) I'm glad that we at least delayed Yaush's push on stuff. I just feel like kind of spinning our wheels. I mean, and also there's the whole format thing. You and I were both basically acting like pawns for Yaush. You think you're spinning your wheels when you uh, stopped someone from uh, doing an assassination at a peace talks. You saved a full space station full of people who were working on a cure for lycanthropy. You established the existence of a whole new alien species and a way to communicate with them. Uh, And you stopped a village from being destroyed. And then you captured a general of a terrorist army. And you think you're just spinning your wheels, not getting much done? 
I mean, only in so far as kind of figure out how to fully stop that last one. I mean, I mean, it's, but you know, it, it's, I, I suppose it was nice to be out there kind of like the old me back when I was still part of the, the force, you know? You haven't flown enough missions. You you have an outsized view of the kind of heroics you we usually get up to. Most of the times you just drive some cargo from one place to another place. It, you don't even get to know what it's for or what it'll do. You know, hired to get to do security from some person who sucks almost as much as your enemy, and you just follow them around in the desert for a couple of weeks, and then you go home. That's most jobs. Yeah, yeah i I remember that less. I remember that class when we were in, just talking about like this is what ninety five percent of what your day to day operations are going to be. You know, uh, I I I remember the instructor being like, listen. <laughs> I know you're all going out there being big ass heroes, but but trust me, you know that those days are few and far between if they ever exist. Most of you will be uh, happy if you got into a firefight with actual stakes or something like that, you know. And most firefights, especially in space, happen at a range far beyond visual contact. You are lucky to see anyone up close that you ever fight. So not exactly the most heroic to tell a computer to make a dot on your radar go away every couple months. When I went, when I when I thought about going out on the Resubian here, you know, Cammy was really gung ho about it too, and I I can see why, even though we're operating mostly on uh, you know officially on peace missions and stuff here, you know, it's been good helping a lot of folks directly, you know. Are you still are you still stringing that poor girl along? Are you you got to you got to let her know if you're not going to settle down and marry her. Yeah, I I I I we've been going on these sort of marathon type dates where we try to have every ice cream flavor on the ship, then we try to do every recreational activity on the ship. Um and like we've been doing all that and I think probably partially because I was just so worried about well what happened after I saw after I we saw you the, the records for you out there and after the whole format thing I just sort of was just getting distracted from it but yeah given what the circumstances is right now I I'm this might be it's not a good time to 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 kind of go come out with it, but yeah, I'll less ice cream, more grandkids. She pokes you in the tummy. You're just you just want them to like you more than Cammy. That's all you want to do, huh? Of course, that's every that's every grandparent's dream, and also the have uh, a little little ardling babies just to howl at. Have you ever seen it? It's so cute. This is Austin now. We talked about this in a previous season, but foxes will just like scream into each other's mouths for no reason. It's great. Mm-hmm. As someone who lived in the woods for most of his life, yeah, great. That's what I'd call it. 
Well, in any case, I think I have, I think I have something that I would want to show, uh, Cammy, um, it, it, it sounds really corny in my head, but I think I want to do it this way. Um, so uh, I think I think I'm actually able to get the Ard Runner to be you know a proper full one like a space bound one, and I was thinking maybe I could I could go up to Cami and be like you know a ship change the the Ard Runner to a ship in front of her and be all like hey you know you you want to be my co pilot for life or something like that you know or or you know something like that. Aw, sweetie, that is the corniest thing I've ever heard. It is so like you. <laughs> if someone likes you, they'll love that. Uh, while you're going off on your big adventure, um, I mean, I need to start taking these people we saved back to their lives. They've been stuck in a weird tank being used to fuel weird weapons for who knows how long. Uh, and now they're uh, you know, itching to leave this a very dangerous ship they're all on. So I'm going to be heading out and taking them. Um, is there anything uh, I can do or that you need before I go? I don't know when we'll see each other again. First, Max starts to say before they just sort of move in and just uh, give Dash a, a a big hug for a moment there. Oh my gosh! You have to clean your ears. Look at this. Come on. Oh, come, on. come come on! Oh, gee. you always are. You always are this way every time. Well, maybe if you cleaned your ears, I wouldn't be like this. Ah, uh, jeez, mom. All right. And and secondly, I'm I'm going to be staying here, obviously, and I'm going to see what I can do to push up some sort of final resistance. What Yash is doing around here, and so I just. Max pulls out their pistol and just sort of looks at it and says, any, uh, maybe you could give me just one more, well, I wouldn't say archery lesson, but, you know, shooting lesson just to make sure that I'm ready for action, you know? <laughs> uh, so you took the feet sharpshooter. Do you want to tell the audience what that does? Yeah, so sharpshooter is sort of an interesting sort of parallel to the uh, heavy weapons master feat. Um, <clears throat> you have mastered ranged weapons and can make shots that others find impossible. You gain the following benefits. One, attacking at long range does not impose disadvantage on your ranged weapon attacks. Uh, your ranged weapons ignore half cover and three-quarter cover. And before you make an attack with a ranged weapon you you're proficient with you can choose to take a minus 5 penalty to the attack roll in exchange for plus 10 to the attack's damage yeah so uh max basically just is will be just better at shooting in general uh and also like wendy can just sacrifice accuracy for big damage if they need to all right so you and dash go can go shooting i we haven't talked about like there being a shooting gallery on the ship but i assume it has like training um you know like uh like I, I i assume that over the recreation area where max and uh came out of date they just went to like where the shooting gallery is there and just use their own weapons instead of the guns that are there it's like shooting little like uh 
balloons and stuff like that. <laughs> well, it would be it'd be like a themed ice cream area, right? There'd be like little uh, cone mascots and like little a uh, little sundae with a face on it. Is is this like any time that the 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 ice cream machines make ice uh, ice cream sandwiches, but like no one orders one and they go a bit stale, they get put up to be the uh, shooting targets. Oh my gosh, those those are like the sh- the shooting clays. Like they just shoot things. <laughs> Pulls. Let's, like, let's be real here. L- Lickums is putting so many preservatives in these ice creams that they're never going bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you you two are blasting away at these, and uh, Dash says. So we pulled um, all the people out of the pool or whatever inside of Formith, uh, and also one robot. What um, should I do about that? I don't have a I don't have a use for a broken robot. I uh, the robot can stay here. Like I remember during my time in that in that void with you all talking talking to them effectively and i don't know what i don't know what can be done with them but maybe we can figure out how to either return them where they where they originally were from or maybe repair them uh-huh um all right quinn you've been so quiet are you playing marvel snap only a little, just a, <laughs> just a wee little bit of Marvel Snap. You know, you got to mm-hmm. get your dailies done. What Sonic music are you listening to? Uh, this is Sonic and Chill Radio, twenty four seven remixes and lo fi beats to work, study, sleeper game two. <laughs> I'm gonna kick your ass. Oh no, I'm not. <laughs> you, you said I'm not, I'm not allowed to threaten you during. June. Yeah, it's 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 Pride Month. You can't say that to me. <laughs> it's, if if you even mildly inconvenience, you know, during this month, it's bigotry. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get canceled, Yorski, if you keep this up. <laughs> oh shit! I forgot to make my usual note. I'm gonna put this down for the next few weeks of recordings, which is anytime you say that I can't do a thing I want to do on the show, I'm just gonna call you a bigot. Yeah, it's a hate crime not to let you have yeah. something, not to mm-hmm. let you have advantage. Yeah, why why do I not have advantage? Uh, That's a hate crime. Austin, I have I have no online presence. I'll fall on the sword for you. <laughs> Why? Why are pressuring? Why are pressuring the ace to make kids here, Yorski? Huh? I don't know. Because I was trying to go for Dashina doesn't have an established personality, so I was making her overbearing uh, mother. I was going for a, a bow is afraid. Oh no! <laughs> That's a bad also, mom. <laughs> listen, and also, I just like the wordplay of using both types of ace in the same sentence. Let's go, gamers. Anyways, I'm proud of you. Cecilia, you're also level 13. Unfortunately, yeah. I Guys, gamers, I tried as hard as I could to not play D&D. I pitched so many ideas to Austin, and Austin was like, no, you had to play D&D. So here I am, level 13, unfortunately. Uh, and there's so many things. There's, there's, there, there's a lot of levels. I don't know. I got stronger. I could stab people harder. My skills are, like, through the fucking roof now. Like... It's it's absurd. I I get advantage on uh, all perception and investigation checks as long as I'm not moving. If I have a proficiency in the skill and I roll lower than a nine, it becomes a nine or it becomes a ten. So like I just I'm really really fucking good at skills now. And coincidentally, also if I stab you, it'll be really really hard. 
Yeah, you took all your levels in Rogue. Uh, we had a bunch of different discussions about possible uh, level splits and so forth, but what it came down to is that the rest of this uh, campaign is probably going to be Beholder-centric, and if you were a level 7 Rogue, uh, you would have been incinerated in short order, probably. <laughs> My dream. Oh, no, I mean, that'd be awful. Uh, yeah, no, I took a whole bunch of levels in Rogue, and I'm uh, just a very, very good with skill checks now. And your uh, the rapier Lisa gave you is now a plus two instead of a plus one is what you took for uh-huh. your improvement. So uh, what does this downtime look like? Um, you're, you're free to do whatever you want here. Okay, so I'm surfing on uh, Yaush's corpse. He's dead. And <laughs> I'm, tra- I'm traveling in space on it. In space. Uh, it's Pride Month, so you can't stop me. You kickflip over the explosion of the Rizubian as all your friends die. Uh huh. No, I saved Lisa. Uh, that, 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 that's a great light novel title right there, Yorski. So. <laughs> uh, I would like to imagine. Uh, so I am meeting with Lisa because uh, we have things to talk about, and I imagine. At this point, we're in one of our rooms. I don't know if I would have gone to her room after uh, the meeting with Yaush, or if I went back to my room and then she came in later, being like, hey, what's going on? (laughs) Why did you tell everybody to start writing wills? Yeah. Hey, thanks for giving me the heads up about this email blast, (laughs) CC. Now I got people all busting down my door crying, asking what's going to happen. Oh, well, first you have to let them know about urn sizes, and they should probably pick a prayer. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, really religious one. Like, you could pick a pretty neutral one. I think mine talks about flowers or something. So you've seen a lot of death, huh? This is normal for you. Oh, this is uh, not my first rodeo, as the kids like to say. Do the kids say that? They used to say it, like, 400 years ago. Uh, rodeos are a little different in clown space, oh. <laughs> so I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. Is it like a sex thing in your universe? <laughs> oh my god, no. Oh. Clowning is a PG activity. We are we're wholesome. It's all balloons and big shoes. Oh, it's wild. Over here, there's only two types of clowns, uh, horny or <laughs> horrifying. There's no middle ground. Well, sometimes there are horny, horrifying ones, but we don't. I don't fuck with those. Horrifying, yes. Yeah, we find that all very offensive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna skip I agree. past that, and I'm gonna destroy a couple files on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just let me answer a little quick little email here. Delete, 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 delete. Um, she uh, takes her sword uh, and is gonna like start sharpening it with a special like uh, rainbow whetstone because it's a very colorful sword that needs special attention. Uh-huh. So. That that is it, the upgrade. Basically, it's just your your sword is extremely badass. We also spent uh, some of this week talking about you having the good nunchucks and what to do with them. So they're plus two nunchucks, but it's the same as your sword. So I don't know what you want to do with them. I believe Saint Cecilia is going to sort of slide them over to Lisa and say, you know, I think considering the circumstances, it might not be a bad idea to have like. A good weapon with you and these are good nunchucks we were over in the evil universe they were evil nunchucks those things sucked so i think as long as you're good like these ones will will have your back didn't the captain confiscate these from wallace i feel like he made them like uh full of like heavenly light or something and he got in trouble well shouldn't have made it very easy for us to take from the contraband room i they really feel like that <laughs> is on the captain <laughs> 
<laughs> that you broke into a restricted area for the safety of the ship. Uh, it was for everybody, really. I mean, it's mostly for Bill Webb. Oh, I thought the belt Bill Webb again, and I'm sad again. Oh, uh, Lisa hugs you as you commiserate about Bill Webb. Um, uh, I like to think Siri is holding his little tasteful vest. And she's like, Aww. I miss him so much. He's happy out there getting breadcrumbs and worms and small crustaceans. Yeah. Perhaps it is uh, better just to have a simple life. And so see is going to pull out the box with the little tadpole. You want to have a simple life like a brainless tadpole? Are you going to ask me if I would still love you if you were a tadpole? <laughs> I mean, no, but would you? Because, like, I do think about that sometimes. I prefer if you were a worm. Tadpole. If I was a worm. Why? <laughs> Why would I be better as a worm? <laughs> Do you think by the time this episode airs, anyone's going to remember the would you still love me if I was a worm meme? I mean, that meme's been in existence for like 20 years, hasn't it? Like, that's always just been oh. the joke. It's just now people actually like, do something with it. Yeah. I feel like even if it's not relevant, like something of that note will be about. Uh, my girlfriend's still going to be asking it. Yeah, we referenced Pride Month like four times. This episode's going to come out of Christmas. So, <laughs> oh, are you saying that you can only uh, support Pride at one point in the year? I'm just saying Pride Miss is uh, better than Christmas, and I'm going to celebrate that instead. Austin, I don't know when episodes are going to go live, so I'm just going to assume it's Pride Month that episodes go live in for every future episode. So, anytime you're mean to me is bigotry yes. now. <laughs> it might air in Pride Month. We got got him. <laughs> That, that's what I need going into the final stretch of the season. More pressure. Yeah. Uh, Saint um, is going to say no. What I am really thinking is, I don't think this is the right choice for me. Taking the tadpole. You don't want to be an illithid and have all the mental powers which let you remember everything. I guess not. I think. I think about how sad I am about Bill Webb. And then I think that there are tens of thousands, maybe more Bill Webbs throughout my life that I have just forgotten about over time. And I guess that seems sad, but I suppose there's also a relief. I keep thinking, if I remember everything at once... I just remember everything I've lost. Yeah. I mean, it would be sad. You would also presumably remember happy things and other stuff too, but I guess it's... I know it's, like, weird because I only really remember things in, like, small fragments, but I guess... For me, those fragments, I don't know. I feel like they make like a mosaic inside of me that's really, you know, it's nice. I, I like me, I guess is what I'm saying. And I am not sure if I will like the person I am on the other side. One who remembers every life. Oh, like what if you remembered you used to be like 
a serial killer and you were all like dark and sexy and uh are you saying yeah, i'm no, not dark terrib- and sexy now <laughs> that would be terrible no I'd oh no that. do i have to put my boots on again are you saying i'm not dark and sexy right now <laughs> no i like that you want to have a life you have i feel like if you were like i gotta escape my current mind because my every moment is suffering uh, that doesn't reflect great on me. I would, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, um, I guess it's flattering that you want to be who you are now because who you are now is who's in here with me. It's pretty awesome. And I'm going to give her a big kiss. Um, yeah, you, you two start get, uh, getting hot and heavy and then there's a knock at the door. Uh, oh, okay. I turned, I thought it was innocent. You immediately turned into smut. This is uh-huh. the thing about you, your <laughs> dirty mind. No. <laughs> During Pride Month, you're <laughs> This is no. revolting. No, you thought it was innocent and then she started turning up the heat and then there's a, it, oh, there's, okay. there's a, um, annoying cock blocker at the door and you hear someone say, can I come in? It's me. Uh, I'm going to immediately button my shirt back up and be like, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Mathers. There is going to be a loud thunderclap when the door opens. (laughs) Yeah. Mathers, the the blood kiss, enters the room as you two are like fixing your hair. And he's like, what were you doing? Wrestling? Yep. (laughs) You got to do it. You know, I was all stamped, all state champion once. You know, I used to be really good at the Greco Roman. You know, I did hammerlock DDTs, um, pile drivers, all those things. Will you show me how to wrestle? I mean, one day it's tough. I mean, you have so many more appendages. It's going to be tough to really, like, get the good, like, hold on. You know, I don't know how to lock on a Kimura on you. And then I would drink them. That'd be my finisher, the big sip. I mean, that's a great name for a finisher. We don't need to talk about what you mean by finishing later, like drinking people, because I thought we had had some conversations about how you should and should not be drinking people. And then they'd be finished, and they'd never move again. Okay, we're going to have some more conversations about mortality, I think. I feel like perhaps some of that lesson did not stick. That's what the captain said. The captain told you to kill people? The captain said I'm gonna I need to come to you and learn how to be nice and not sip because I'm gonna be the new uh, head of security. <laughs> Saint Cecilia <laughs> is gonna like her mouth is gonna drop open <laughs> and like hand in front of her mouth and she's like crying. She's like, It sounds wonderful <laughs> but you'll need the uniform. And she's going to grab the vest, and she's like, perhaps something tasteful? <laughs> uh, so you put uh, the tasteful vest on Mathers, because Mathers is the only one on the ship who doesn't have a job, and uh, head of security just opened up now that Bill Webb is retired. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting the little vest on him, and I'm going to give him a big hug. Uh, so in the same way that Trizzy's level up is because she's built a huge indestructible armor thing from the data and materials she gathered over the last arc, your level 13 uh, could have been from you becoming an illithid if you had taken the tadpole, but because you decided that wasn't for you, you being level 13 is because you are going to fight alongside of Mathers, who uh, will will simply follow your lead, uh, but is actually like a pretty strong badass person. So the, the you'll add the flavor of him attacking with you when you fight. 
Uh, yes, this is the Mandalorian, the child. It's it's perfect. Perfect. Love it. Uh-huh. And he could just like drape his tentacles over your shoulders and be like a little backpack. <laughs> and as yep. you go on adventures together. Uh, Hell yeah. That's so dope. Uh, yes. Using a child soldier for fun and profit. All right. So you're level 13 rogue. Uh, Mathers is going to come with you. Uh, you've still, as far as like, you know, your normal character goes, you're just good at stabbing and sneaking and stuff. So not much has changed there. Your sword's a little sharper. Uh, and Lisa has some nunchucks and she's like, all right, I guess I'm going to go practice these. I don't, <laughs> you do know I have magic where I can like split into a bunch of copies and like control people's minds. It's, it's fine. I'll use nunchucks. I'm going to like, I'm going to put a hand on Lisa's shoulder and be like, when you are in danger, rely on the good nunchucks. <laughs> if there is goodness in your heart, good things will happen. Okay, <laughs> you have such a look in your eye that I feel like I can't dispute this. You you know some s- deep secret about these nunchucks <laughs> within your heart. Yeah, Saint Cecilia came back from the other, like the evil dimension changed. <laughs> She's like, I've seen the difference in good and evil. Evil nunchucks sucked ass. Good nunchucks really came through. All right. Uh, so uh, after this scene, is there anything else you want to accomp- uh, accomplish or establish? Uh, I like to think that we have like um, an adorable little song that we sing as we walk. I don't know if you've watched Muppet Christmas Carol. You should. It's the perfect movie. But like how uh, when Kermit and Tiny Tim come into the scene, they're, they're singing like a little song. I want us to have one of those. Mm, there's there's was kind of religious, so I don't want that. <laughs> We're so- singing Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> Metallica caroling. <laughs> Cecilia, Lisa, and Mathers go out to do uh, practice with their weapons and stuff and sing a song together. Uh Uh-huh. Death clown metal. Sometimes a a family can be a vampire, a clown, and a little blood-sucking evil eye. That's beautiful. Uh Uh-huh. Quinn shot it down, but I said she should wield Mathers like a uh, pair of nunchucks. Just swing them by the tentacles. (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's not off the table as far as attacking goes, but we'll see. Yeah, one day I'll flavor it. All right. Uh, so after you all take uh, the day to write up your last will and testament, and uh, you know, Saint Cecilia already had hers done. To be fair. Yeah. What does it say? <laughs> it, well, there was a bunch of like important things about where certain like old money and stuff like that had to go to. All of that's just crossed out. She assumes all of that's irrelevant now. And now it's just like, uh, give my sword to Grice. He'd probably like it. All right. Um, after all that, you were all called up to the bridge to talk to the captain. Hey, captain, how are you doing? I am doing well, communication officer St. Cecilia. How are you? I'm doing great. I mean, not really. There is like dark omen of death kind of hovering over us right now. But like emotionally, I feel like I'm in a good place. Hey, Captain. Given that security officer Bill Webb has retired and we need to train a new replacement for this crucial position, as well as the fact that our ship is being monitored at all times, by the Beholder Army, I have seen fit to combine Tully's monsters and the home team for the moment. Uh, you know, at this point, you know, Max and uh, uh, Buford are here as well. They haven't spoken up, but like clearly, you're all being kind of grouped together. Um, and um, 
the captain is, you know, like basically letting you know that for for the moment, you are all Tully's monsters. All right, you're gonna have to get a tattoo. I mean, I just don't get tattoos. If you had to live with it for like a near eternity, would you put something on your body? That's a lot. Of, that's a big commitment. Um, um, am I right to just get it like engraved into into the outside of the the, the suit? I just get a cool little engraving. I mean, that's what I had to do. I cut off the arm. I originally had it on. Limbs are more transitive for me. Max will just lean over. It's like, you know, we could just do a temporary tattoo and then just get rid of it when Buford's not looking. Uh, that might that might appease him. Captain Demille says, I am grounding all off-ship operations for the time being until we know that our away teams will be safe. Uh, but in the meantime, there is plenty of work to do here on the Resubian. It is going to be tough to really be in the mentality to do anything with the uh, guns hovering around us. Mm-hmm. There have always been guns hovering around us in the Far Realm, and that didn't stop you and Engineer Trizzy and Security Officer Bill Webb from saving us from the uh, clown situation or uh, with the fleet and the, the murderer that was aboard. Oh, you're right. We're amazing. God damn it. All right. What do we need to do? Before I begin the debriefing, uh, where is Wendy McDonald? I mean, you're the one with like telepathic radar sense, wouldn't you know? I sent operative Wendy McDonald a message and she has not responded. Uh... So here, I, I, Buford would know where she is. Here's the question. What did Wendy tell him? Nothing. She just asked for the weapon. You gave it to her and she left. You don't. Okay. Know. I wasn't sure if uh, this was like, um, what was it? Uh, like he got told, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And he just assumed that he got, she got permission for it. Yeah. That's, I think that's the thing she specifically left out. <laughs> like, yeah, we didn't actually get to that, you know, in character or anything. Mm-hmm. But if you had asked me, like, are you going to get permission for this? And she'd have been like, yeah, sure. I I, th- I guess Buford's mind would have probably been like, well, if Wendy's asking it and Wendy loves the captain, she probably talked to the captain about this. <laughs> Those li- I love these were all lies. They're all lies just to get the opening here. I, I think Buford would be like, what are you talking about? She's already left. Engineer Buford Gubbins, what do you mean left? Her. Oh my God. <laughs> and he put, puts his head in his hands. I didn't directly ask her if she got permission. Operative Wendy McDonald is not clear for any away team missions. It looks like she did not agree with that. <laughs> You're going to want to lock down the shuttle bay. Um, uh, Captain Dumil pulls up like a, a camera view of the shuttle bay, and you see, uh, you know, all the ships in there, and you see the Tully is in its it's it's in its slip, and he says, "Well, she did not take the her assigned vessel." <laughs> well, then I think we might need to go to the security room and follow the cameras to see where Wendy went after last speaking with uh, Buford. I I know where she's going at the very least, and so did she. Did she, I Buford? I think just inferred that she'd probably be taking Cortazar with her on this. Well, actually, maybe not. 
I don't know if he would know uh, if she would have said anything about that or if he would have thought it if she's doing a, a solo mission. Um, yeah, Beaver will just flat out say it. She's trying to kill Dracus. The DM Resubian is a diplomatic ship and is not authorized to conduct any assassination missions. Oh, gosh. So it's a serious gonna like go over to Trissy and just kind of whisper like, we didn't tell him everything that happened over in the bad universe, did we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I assume you said in your report like a wizard got on board, things are weird, he's dead now, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. And Buford should never be on, he should just lie. It, it, it never, never helps when he tells the truth. I have suspicions about whether Wendy could pull that off or not, but that does seem like something that she would try to do. I'm just curious about why right now, but, uh, okay. I mean, Wendy's never been particularly good at sitting around waiting for things to resolve. I don't, I don't feel like being stuck in a stalemate is Wendy's vibe and, yeah, I feel like this is a doing something feels better than doing nothing kind of deal. At the very least, I guess we have to figure out what's, where, how Wendy got out. I was thinking, we can't, Max would think, wait a minute. Uh, looking at the footage of the shuttle bay, is the thumper still there? Uh, you look at the you look at the big display that Captain Dumil brought up, and you do not see a weird, sleek, silver beetle-like ship. Ah. Uh, and, and Max and Max's like, oh, they went out on the thumper, of course. Um, how do you want us to deal with this, Captain? Tully's monsters, your next assignment, and the first assignment for prospective new head of security, Mathers, is to bring back operative Wendy McDonald and apprehend anyone who may have assisted her in this unauthorized attack 